Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Mwamba Fierce the Podcast. This is your host with the most and Mwamba Pwapamoyo. Today's episode. This is another interview. I'm going through the interview series, which I think is amazing. Today we talk finances. Um, so I'm speaking to Esther Mukumbo, who is the founder of Road to Financial Freedom. Um, she'll give you all the details once we get into it. But have you ever gone through like a month you've made a budget, but don't get round to the end with the money that you thought you should? Um, do you struggle in terms of paying debt? I mean, now we're all grown-ups and we're the adults that you know we used to look up to at one point. But how are you managing your finances? So I thought. Let me bring a girl through, you know, that can tell me how to do it. I mean, she's got the background in doing this and um, help us all talk us through getting to a point of financial freedom. So without well, further ado, here's my guest today, Esther So welcome to the show, Esther. How are you? Fine, thanks. And you, thank you so much for having me on and uh, hi to your listeners. Oh, well, thank you. No, we, we're, we're glad to have you on. So I've been thinking for the longest time, and I think I shared with you the first time that we met, I was saying, oh, great, I want someone to come and talk finances, you know, to the greater audience, because I think a lot of us think we know how to manage our finances, but if anyone is anything like me, there's definitely certain things we can do better. <laughs> so I'm um, glad I'm glad you're on. Um, I think as a starting point, tell us how you got into this world of finance. I mean, you you describe yourself as a financial literacy enthusiast. What is that? So it's it's basically someone who who is passionate about you know all things relating to personal finance. I think um, you know it covers a wide range of things from debt. Um, investing, saving and investing, and the whole ambit of just how to manage your, your finances a bit better. So I, I sort of stumbled into this world because I used to work in a bank, in one of the big top four banks in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And I, I would see a lot of um, business clients who had you know individual accounts, and you would see the, them buying all these fancy cars that would cost them 25,000 Rand per month. Yeah. And I would ask myself, and I'd see how they get into you know, financial financial distress mm-hmm. and I just started wondering how we can better be educated around managing our finances and, and as well as my own personal experience as a working professional I think there's a lot that we take for granted as working professionals when we start working um, yeah. just in terms of how to manage our income on a monthly basis so I think that for me grew into a side um, hustle and, and obviously a passion of mine that I then started sharing my own journey and and educating people just about how to manage uh, your finances a bit better. Okay, so so then what what is financial freedom? So like your your um, business, if I, if I can call it that, um, you you term it the road to financial freedom. So what is financial freedom in in your view? So financial freedom is basically when you know when you've invested um, in various assets. Okay. Be it rental be it stocks, shares, um, investment, whatever investments that you, you've done your research on and have invested in. When you get to a point where those investments are generating an income on a monthly basis to then cover your monthly expenses, um, then you've reached sort of your what we call financial freedom. So it's basically having enough investments that can cover your monthly expenses on a monthly basis. Um, and you're no longer just relying on you, your your, your no more nine to five mm. income or whatever income source that you have. 
you're sort of diversifying your income sources from just one source of income to other streams of income through investing in, in, in various assets that you might choose. So so maybe you should help me with that because um, like you're saying, once you start working, people a lot of people become comfortable with the money that they're earning from that salary. So when you talk about investing in assets, what, what sort of assets? Um, I, I know so many of my friends were like, oh, let's start a business. We're going to sell baby clothes. Um, but, but, you know, like, like, what is a real asset? Like, is, is that something that can, is, is that a good investment idea? Like, you know, teach us. <laughs> So, so I, I tend to think I, I tend to lean more on the the investing in in rental properties. Even though I've had a disastrous rental investment that I did a few years back in 2012, where I bought a, a four bedroom house and I was generating rental income from it to just cover you know the expenses of maintaining the property. Yes. And after all the deductions, I would have sort of sort of an income. Yes. But then I obviously ran into 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 other issues. So that that's one sort of income stream that people that I think people are very familiar with rental income Mm. from investing in a property. The other source of income that I have linked more towards is more um, share share investing investing in exchange traded funds Mm -hmm. which is basically a basket of shares that you buy on the GIC, Johannesburg Stock Exchange Mm -hmm. and you can buy them through any broker and there's this phenomenon in in the US where they say you buy into exchange traded fund over a period of time and and let's say you've been investing a thousand rand um, per month and then over time that gives you dividend income right. and that dividend income grows and your investment grows to such an extent that it's able to generate you dividend income or interest income mm-hmm. to to be able to live off that investment and and so I lean more towards so not necessarily trading right. there's also another thing here trading I'm mm-hmm. more a long term investor who's more interested in in exchange traded funds or index tracking um, tools that are on the JSC that I buy so for example the most you know well known index tracker is, is a Satrix Top 40 right. and a Satrix Top 40 gives you dividend income every other you know every other sort of every quarter mm-hmm. depending on what, what sort of um, uh, shares are invested in there so those are the things that, that I talk about when I talk about investing for the long long term it's one of the ways I know other people who are I know I'm a very passive investor so I don't right. like really doing a lot of work and buying and selling right. but I know people that are successfully that are able to buy and sell like you like the example you've given mm-hmm. buying and selling clothes if you're good in that in that aspect pursue that so that it starts giving you an income apart from your nine to nine to five job if you're employed or if you're a business person so sort of diversifying your income so when something like COVID happens and I know it's left a lot of people financially distressed right. you sort of have a question to, 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 to back up so I, I like to think of income my primary income which is my nine to five as well as my in primary income source that I can then use to, to diversify away from and, and start uh, you know investing so that I can be getting income not just from my income source but from my other investments as well so where, where do you start then i mean you're talking about like the satrix and um you know long-term investments how much money do you need or, or, or is, is this uh, something where you have to save a lot of money to say okay now i can buy into some shares or like what is the minimum 
to, to just give an idea there because it sounds like such an expensive investment you know for for the layman so so a few years ago that was the case um i won't lie to you you needed quite a, a ridiculous amount of money to start mm. but i think as broad as fintech as the fintech world has gone you know a bit better they've come they're sort of brokers that have come on board um marketplaces that you can buy for as little as five rand really oh there's certain Yes, there are certain platforms that you can start investing from as little as five rand. You don't have to have a huge amount mm-hmm. to start. And, and the whole thing behind investing or, or saving is, is the fact that, you know, if you're buying in an individual company, is that if a company performs well, depending on which sector it is in, the company and the board then decides to declare, you know, a dividend. And right. based on the number of shares you have, multiplied by the dividend amount. So let's say you have 100, 100 shares in Exaro mm-hmm. and the company declared dividend of six rand per share. So mm-hmm. six rand times that hundred rand, mm-hmm. then that that hundred shares, then you get six hundred rand before tax. Right. So that that's how you your income from oh. investing in shares. And exchange traded funds, similar type of thing. There's a whole basket of you know of companies in that exchange traded fund um, or sectors that the the exchange traded fund would have invested in. And they, when they declare dividend as a shareholder or as the underlying shareholder, you then get a portion of whatever is declared. And that's that's how essentially you make money mm. um, from. from in the in the stock market as an example and obviously there's other ways like interest income putting you know your money in the bank account and, and earning interest from it as yeah. well for the more conservative investors but i think for me one thing I, i'm definitely an advocate for is that people should not shy away from from learning about the other means of investing obviously there are scams out there i will, I will yes. not lie but what I tend to do is to stick to, you know, registered providers that, that you know you can look up on an FSP, financial service provider. They're registered, they're legit, you know, they can back up their claim. And, and that's why I stick to, to to the stuff I've just mentioned. Yeah. So you mentioned property. And I've heard um, pre- a lot of people tell me that, yes, um, making investing in property is always good, but you have to have multiple properties for it to be worth it is that true in, in your view oh very true mm. and 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 i've learned the hard way you yeah. you make you make a, a profit or you you buy into a profitable you invest in a profitable property mm-hmm. when you buy the price you pay the area mm-hmm. you know what is the return on your investment on this particular property that you're investing in and that's that essentially you make your money at the beginning based on where you bought yeah. so i i i fortunately made made a, you know my own my own property investment didn't work out um i bought in a very affluent area um there was a four bedroom house i went i went big or go home yeah and essentially my rental income wasn't then able to cover all the costs that i had to incur and once in a while there's the maintenance and the upkeep so take all of that into account um if you're going to go into property investing start small start with a with a back room as an example if you have a property start with a back room Mm -hmm. try and see if you can manage that yes and then progress to maybe a two-bedroom flat or a three-bedroom but you always one thing i must stress is with property you always make your your your, your sort of your 
money mm-hmm. with, the, with the price that you pay yes. because that price then becomes very important and how you finance it as well mm. um, at what rate are you what interest rate are you paying is it prime is it prime plus um, where is the area what yeah. is it close to is it in demand property and I know people that have done very well in property um, I know someone who's done very well they go for the cheaper properties um, with rentals below 5,000 right. I know someone who's done that they've got several uh, properties in their portfolio mm-hmm. and they, they're able to manage the, the costs and the upkeep and yes. um, they, they've done very well. I know a person that owns 10 properties and is doing very well. Okay. So, I mean, it, it, there's a lot to, to be researched before just jumping into it. Because I know, um, and, and I think we're both from Zambia and we understand, uh, for example, the Zambian market where everyone is talking about, I'm going to build, I'm going to build. Um, and, and they look at that as an investment. But if you haven't done your research on all the things you've mentioned, you know, like how are you financing it, location, can you manage this, um, maintain this property if you don't have any rental income, all of those things, you know, before you actually take the plunge. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. You need to do your research. Um, if you don't do your research, you, you're going to get yourself burnt. I think people like the idea of, you know, you can make money from this. Yes. But what does that actually mean? Yes. What are the costs involved? How are you funding this property? Mm-hmm. How much rental income um, do you have? How much maintenance are you setting aside? So once you've paid for, you know, the, the, the bond, if you have a bond on it, once you've paid for maintenance, and other things what actually then is left afterwards because yes. otherwise then you won't make as much money as what if, if anything is left even exactly um, and and that and that's where the cost comes in and what if your what if your tenant doesn't pay yes um, in my case my tenant didn't pay for three to four months oh and my I was goodness left to carry that, that burden of, of, of the bond because mm. it was bonded it was a bonded property um, and and you 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 unfortunately have to be in a place to be able to manage that should it happen yes Oh my goodness. Okay. So just moving away from the investment um, aspect, you mentioned initially that you start, you started by, uh, or you worked in, in, in the banks and you would see, yeah. you would see people living beyond their means in terms of driving extremely expensive cars and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, just for the people listening, what are the most common mistakes that you feel that people make when they're managing their money? So I, I have a regular nine to five, I earn, call it 50,000 Rand a month. Um, and I'm spending 15,000 of that 50 on, on a vehicle, for example. Like, what are the common mistakes? <laughs> Other than this one being the so, obvious. <laughs> so so the, the first common mistake is not having a plan for your money. Um, you know, if you're able, if you're able in a fortunate position to be generating an income, you need to have a plan for your money. If you don't have a plan for your money, someone else will. Exactly. Um, you'll find yourself, you'll find yourself spending money that, you know, that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Have a plan for your money. What does that plan look like on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis? What does it look like? What is your long-term goal? You know, I want to be um, in such and such a place in the next five years. What does that look like? How can you do it on a monthly basis? What does it look like? Is it putting 500 rand away? I want to be able to travel to Mauritius. Yeah. Um, I'm only able to put 500 rand. And you work towards that plan. Right. Um, plan. If you don't plan, you, if, uh, I think, I uh, can't remember who said it, but failing to plan is planning to fail. Exactly. You must have a plan in place. 
and um, spur, spur of the moment spending. Um, and not a lot of us, you know, like to reward ourselves. Um, you go to, to a mall, for example, and if you don't know why you're in that mall and what you're getting in that mall, you, you end up, you find yourself having spent a lot more than what you would yeah. initially would have wanted to spend. And not budgeting. Um, I know budgeting is a sticky topic and, and people hate it, but it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Um, you need to put a, you need to have a budget in place um, so that when you're spending, you're keeping track. Not keeping track is, is what lands a lot of people in, in, yeah. in, in, in I, trouble. I think I can oh, attest okay. to that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I make the budget, but exactly. sticking to it is something else. <laughs> Exactly. And that's why I like to be flexible. I, I don't like, yes, I put a plan in place and a budget in place, but I also allow for those, you know, once in a while, um, uh, deterring a little bit away, but within reason. So, so speaking on budget, because like you said, it is a sticky, you know, sort of topic. How does one create a budget? Is it just oh, from the money I make, these are the hard expenses that I must pay? Then from that, you know, I've heard some people say that there's a certain uh, split in, in, in terms of the way you should budget. Um, how, how do you do it in your professional view? So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of budgeting tools out there and there's a lot of, you know, budgeting methods out there. Um, I like the 50, 30, 20 uh, sort of budgeting method. So the 50 says um, it, it, it sort of splits into four quadrants. The mm -hmm. first quadrant, which is the 50, is necessities. Yes. So 50% should go to your necessities, you know, your your rental property if you're renting or a bond if you've got a bond, your necessities around the house, things that you really need, um, mm -hmm. transport, all those good things. Yeah your 40 to 50%. And then 30% is, is sort of your wants. You know, in this in this uh, portion, there's things that you you can do without, but they're things that you want. You know, they make your life comfortable. Mm -hmm. You you can buy, it's, it's going going out, an entertainment budget, um, things that are nice to have, but they're not necessarily um, necessities. Yeah. And then there's 20%, which is your long-term investments. It's, it's things that you're working towards you know it's 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 an added benefit towards your pension your 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 saving towards a, a holiday for example mm -hmm. nice to have holiday you you investing for the long term you're looking for things that what we talked about assets you're investing in assets that will generate an income for you on a monthly basis to cover some of your expenses and this for me is the most the most important um, part of the budget because it's like planting a tree you're hoping to eat from this tree yes. one day in the next you know five to ten to fifteen to twenty years and this is something that you definitely need to have so the four quadrants necessities once long term and i also like to have the fourth quadrant which is emergencies emergencies yes. now emergencies happen and if you're not prepared for an emergency you will tend what do you do you tend to go towards debt yes you borrow debt mm. you borrow you, you go to friends, banks, you know, to everyone. Loan shocks. Um, <laughs> loan shocks, exactly. You go to everyone else. And if you have just a little portion, it doesn't have to be much. You can start with 200, 500 rand or whatever amount. 
And it's this portion that, you know, when emergencies happen, if, if something happens, you can easily go to this Draw from it, take yes. a little bit of Mm. a little bit from it and and you, you you're in a better place to handle emergencies that may come it's it's sort of your cushion you want to have that little bit of cushion you know when when anything happens that you you better you're in a better place to handle it mm. Okay. So, I mean, we, we touched a little bit on debt now when we talked about having that, you know, fourth quadrant with em- emergencies. How do people then manage debt? So, I mean, now I've got a credit card, which like, for example, we've got those financial instruments, if you call them that here in, in South Africa. So minutes you graduate, someone's giving you a credit card, you run up the credit card debt, you've bought a house, um, you know, through the bank, you've got a car that you're paying back. So now you say you lose your job and you've got all this debt. H- how do you manage this debt? So I, I think, you know, I'm not one of those that preaches against debt because it's a necessary evil. We yes. need it. It's, it's a way that you progress as a human being. I mean, if we all had the cash to buy a property or a car when we started working, I mean, we'd all do it. But that's not necessarily the case. And it's, it's the debt that we incurred as a, as a result of living. Starting yes. out a life, yes. Um, and and how to manage debt for me is you know being truthful about the debt you have and what interest you're paying. Mm. I always get surprised when when people when I ask people when they come to me and they ask me how to pay debt and I ask them what interest are you paying on each of your credits that you or debt that yes. you have, and people will be stunned. They'll they'll actually go, I don't know. Yes. You you cannot you cannot uh, you cannot um, sort of sort out something you don't know. You need to know what you're working with. Yes. So list list down the 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 the, the, the debts that you have. Uh, list it down. Um, start with you can use let's say the snowball method where you start off with a small debt and then once you've paid up your small debt move on to the next or you can list all your debt and start paying the the most expensive debt and then attack it mm. how i how i did it is i i started off with unsecured debt which is like your your credit card your personal loan so it's short-term debt mm. but it's debt that's most expensive yes. because the bank likes to have security and if they don't have security they penalize you so they'll charge you a lot more than a debt like your car or your home loan so i like oh, okay. to first attack the unsecured debt first mm. because that's usually the most expensive debt so if you have got a credit card limit of fifty thousand rand start reducing it and get to a stage where you know use use the debt to your advantage if you've got a credit card, the bank gives you from a date of statement until you need to pay back 55 days interest free. Mm. So a credit card is not meant to be used like a loan. Yeah. A credit card is supposed to be paid off every month, every 55 days. So you, your credit card limit should be a limit that you can fully settle on a monthly basis. Yes. So that's the first thing. Make sure you, you use debt to your advantage. If you're going to have a credit card, make sure it's within a limit that you can service on a Good. monthly basis. Yes. Exactly. Pay off your unsecured debt first, then attack the the bigger debt, which is the next one that I usually typically think of is a car. Mm. Pay off a car. Um, where, where can you find what can you what extra income or extra sources of um, uh, disposable income can you find within your budget to attack? Mm. Um, you know, can you, for example, take 
lunch to work and then on a on a weekly basis take that hundred rand or two hundred rand and put it extra into the car mm-hmm. is that something you can do and approach your your bank of your financiers to find out if you pay extra how what is the impact on the debt do they yes. lower the the installments that you're paying on a monthly basis or does it lower the term of the debt if yes. it's a car maybe it's 72 months if you pay extra does that bring down the you know does that lower the term of the of the car yes or what is the impact of paying extra and then devise a plan on what to attack first because you know people usually they devise a plan without you know asking the the, the lenders or the banks yes. how what the impact what the impact is, is. yeah um, Exactly. So have that discussion and then then attack, then put the plan in place because you know how the bank will treat it. Mm. And then obviously your your larger debt, you like you know, your property if you have a property. So that, that's how I, I typically would look at attacking debt or how to how to try and you, you reduce your debt burdens. And then the, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you get those SMSs that say you can, well, the congratulations, qualify for 200,000 rand right. personal loan. Mm. People are very quick to go and get it. Yes. Ask yourself, what am I going to use this, this, this money that is being offered? Is mm-hmm. it something that I really need or is it something I can live with that? Right. Um, if it's something you can live with that and it can save towards for, do that. Rather that than, yes, exactly. Before. Yeah that you need it now mm. um, don't just and then when they say you qualify for that ask yourself yes i qualify on paper but can i afford it because qualifying for something and being able to afford are two different things and yes. that's what i always tell people those are two different things being able to qualify and affording it are two different is there space in your budget for you to then put this this whatever debt it is installments mm-hmm. on a monthly basis into your budget and if you can't rather just walk away and never go for the maximum of what you can afford. Mm. Um, we tend to think, oh, I can afford this much and then go for the maximum. Always leave room. Always leave room for, for, for you know, uncertainty, financial risk, uncertain financial risks, this, this stuff like COVID. If, if, if I'm unable to, if, if, if there was a reduction in my salary, would I still be able to afford this? Can yeah. I live comfortably? Right. You don't want to be at the edge of, you know, every month you're paying off everything and then don't have anything to, to live on. Yes. No, wow, that's very important. Uh, I'm, I'm here busy looking at my own financial life, <laughs> feeling the amendments that need to be made right after this. <laughs> okay, so I think as, as a closure, because again, uh, the, the target um, market of, of, you know, the, the, my listeners is, is women in, in their 30s going to 40s. And we're at the point where we've been working, you know, hopefully we've been putting uh, some money away as savings, uh, but now we want to create wealth because we want to get into our 40s and like you're saying, living a little bit comfortably. Um, Outside the investments you've spoken about, what other ways or, I don't know, tips can you give that would enable us to create wealth? How how do we do that? What are the, the ABCs of doing this? Um, it's it's basically it's basically saying how can I how can I use my disposable income to advance my financial goals? Yeah. Uh, you know what are the what are the what are the things that I can do with my income? One of my 
the, the sort of uh, quotes that I like is retirement is not an age. When you're in your 30s, you know, you're starting your life out and you're thinking, you know, retirement or pension is far away. Yes. Retirement is a number. And that number for me, or when I think of when I, because I, I like to work backwards. Yes. I like to think about what would wealth look like. So start with what would wealth look like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, define that for yourself. Is it, you know, having two holidays a year with your family? Is it living comfortably that you can afford, you know, the nice handbag? What does it look like for you? And then, and then start working on the plan work backwards this is you know imagine for yourself and then start working backwards to say what do i need to start doing now mm-hmm. um first and foremost that 20 percent i spoke about earlier yes that 20 percent is is it will get you will, will sort of start getting you to even the playing field for for you know the typical woman because i know as women we're underpaid Yes. Um, and because we're underpaid, we need to work just a little bit harder than our male counterparts to get us to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. It starts with that 20% and saying this 20%, no matter what happens, I'm using this 20% and start looking, reading up. Um, you know, there are lots of books. I like books, YouTubes and everything to say with this 20%, I can invest in uh, uh, stocks. I can maybe do stock fill with the with a group of women. Um, I know one of the things that we've done as as with my fellow women. We started Malkia in 2016. We've come together as women. We put 2,000 rand on a monthly basis, mm. and with that 2,000 rand, we're investing in businesses, and that's for us is one of the ways we're going to propel ourselves. Oh, brilliant! As, you know. Together as women, um, I, I think there's so much value in coming together. You know, on your own, you can you can only go so far. But when you yes. come together with other women with a common goal and the common purpose, you progress a little faster than you would have on your own. Mm. So for me, the ways I look at for me, it's about that twenty percent because that twenty percent becomes important. It's what I invest in. It's what I use to try different things that that I know over the long term will yield um, mm. more than just income that I'm, I'm relying on at the moment yeah. so if you're good at selling explore what you're good at start with where you're good at what am i good at am i good at selling am i good at investing am i good at and and start that side hustle because yes your income will allow you to reach retirement but it's, it's those little extra that you're passionate about and right. are able to then convert into getting an income for yourself that will grow you above your your normal what your normal income would do so mm-hmm. it's, it's getting that little bit of extra income and, and start with what you're passionate about what can you invest in that you're passionate about that can get you a little bit more income that than you would have gotten from your nine to five and and just being being smart um you know looking at stock markets for me because i know and i understand it mm-hmm. and that's why i do it um, but maybe for you, it's podcasting, you know, you yeah. that, that you found you, you, it's what you're passionate about. More than half the time, your passion will lead you to a place where you can you can be able to generate income mm-hmm. um, and ask yourself, how can I make an income from my passion? Yes. Because you, you ultimately want to make an income from your passion. That's right. Um, I think it's brilliant that you mentioned that, um, you know, the, the investment 2000 Rand a month that and then find something that's worthwhile to invest. Um, I think as a closing, I'll just share a story. Uh, one of my friends was pregnant last year and, and what normally happens is that 
in the committee you know there's always a committee that <laughs> organizes the baby shower um in this committee we, we were like okay everyone's gonna put away call it a thousand rand every month for the next five months up until you know the baby shower and um mm. we had uh, i guess an impromptu meeting um about this same baby shower and we thought you know what this is not the first child this friend of ours is having and a lot of the things she saved from the first baby so there's nothing that we're truly going to buy that would you know make a huge difference to her life so what we'll do is put all this money together and open um an investment account for for her her, her daughter and that's exactly what we did so it's it's a it's a present and it's a it's a long-term present because yes fine she doesn't get baby shower and oh she doesn't get the the cute clothes and that sort of thing but that child at least has 10,000 rand to start with and the parents just yes. need to add to it or, or you know whatever the value is and that child is already set up for is it varsity or whatever they might need f- for this child in future which i think is 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 another way to start you know because we're, we're, yes. it's easy for us to pledge all these little things but what more can we provide you know yes now you've hit the nail on the head there um it starts with starting early yes if, if there's one thing i think we all could do as parents as, as mothers um you know um to start early the 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 most wonderful thing is compound interest you can start with a 500 rand when you're when you're young i've opened one uh investment accounts for my for my four-year-old and my my seven-year-old and they're already little investors and over time the power of compound um will, will be great because when they turn 18 mm. they won't start from a negative exactly so the earlier you start the earlier you give the effect of compound to work on your behalf. If you start early, you're, you're better placed than us who start in our, you know, when we start working yes. in our 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. If you start early, you've already given your children a leg up. Start early, it doesn't matter what it looks like. If it's a 200 rand, if it's, you know, if it's a 500 rand, start. Just yes. start. The earlier you start, the better. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's what, what counts is time. And the amount mm. the higher the amount you know the better but if you've got time on your side um you know you 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 can you can do so much with it now that is brilliant I, i'm so glad that we've had this talk i've been taking notes like crazy like you were re- really only just talking to me <laughs> so i hope everyone uh, out there has been listening so for people who want to follow you on any of your social media platforms can you just share where you can be found Yes, so I'm I'm on Twitter at e mukumbo, so it's e m u k u m for mother b o e mukumbo on Twitter, and then I'm also on on um, Instagram. I've started an Instagram page. Uh, there I'm wrote to the the number two yes. uh, financial freedom with s, and then on on Instagram um, road to financial freedom. Brilliant. Road two underscore two. Yep. Uh, financial, financial freedom. freedom okay we'll have all those links um when we post the um this episode but thank you so much for spending time with us educating us giving us some financial literacy helping us to put budgets together i think um it was very informative and it will go a long way to getting people to just you know start small and invest and consolidate debt and all this good stuff we spoke about so thank you so much for your yeah. time Thank you for having me. As always, thank you for listening and I am out.